Everybody, welcome back to the choir room. Welcome back, welcome back. As we get ready to close out season number three of Glee, yes, we have made it to the end of season three of this first era of the show. And feel free to keep a tally of the amount of times in this podcast that I say the word era. I already started, uh, you know, going crazy with that one in the last episode recap, and uh, I expect that conti- to continue today. So we've got a lot to go through. You guys know the deal, how it goes with these. Uh, Sometimes, uh, so most of the time. We like to give ourselves the space to potentially talk uh, spoilers for seasons four, five, and six. So if you are going through this for the first time and that is something that you know you're not super into, uh, no worries if you want to come back around to this one after you are done with the whole show. But we have a lot to talk about, star ratings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, of course, I am not here alone. Amon, what's going on today? Are you excited for this? I am. We are over halfway through the series, season three in the books halfway through the seasons and yeah this is sort of the end of a of a of a phase here in the <laughs> glee club for mckinley high um lots of voices that are no longer going to be readily available so yeah i'm excited to talk about it and break everything down and i think that star ratings will be very interesting seeing as how they're very spread out this season so i'm excited Yes, they they were super spread out, and that's like that was one of the big uh, big storylines of uh, the choir room, I guess, as we went along here. And it's it was really funny as we uh, spent a large majority of the first half of the season going into the second half. We were like, oh man, like especially you saying about how you had split your gold stars through so many different characters. And I don't know what episode it was, but at some point along the way, when you realized that oh shit, you had given Rory two gold stars. Uh, other than Rory, you did give a. You, uh, gold star to 21 different characters. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy that Glee has over 21 characters because there are still people that I didn't even give a star to. So no wonder these plot lines are so messy. There's so many characters for these writers to juggle here and, you know, throughout the rest of the series. So, yeah, this is going to be I'm, I'm interested to see how everything breaks down by numbers. Right. Uh, it was just there. There are so many characters and, you know, it's something that we can debate. I don't know now or <laughs> over time, just how it does seem like, you know, there are so many characters and each of them do get their own episode episodes uh in a way during the season where you know tina got her own here and mercedes gets her own early in the season and unique seems to get a, a you know a lot of the episodes where our gold stars line up like that's usually the episode that you could tell that they were dedicating to that specific character blaine in the big brother episode you know of course uh quinn with the prom episode there's a lot of them that they try to specifically highlight these people so it's you know, in a way, good because one character will get an entire episode for somewhat themselves. And it's also not good, I guess, because I feel bad. Like somebody like Kurt, who had such a good season last season, I felt like he had his moments at the beginning and then he kind of faded a little bit into the background. So, I mean, it's uh, it's got its benefits and uh, whatever to having this kind of format where you have so many characters. 
Yeah, it definitely does have its benefits, and it really um, one of the things that I liked the most about Glee with having as many characters as it did is that you could track relationships and how they shift and how they change and how towards the later seasons the writers begin to make fun of it um, because you know you would think that some of these characters would have issues with one another being as how everyone there's so much cross dating and shit going on and they sort of like break the fourth wall when it comes to some of these relationships in later seasons so I'm really excited for that kind of like self-referential humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we are also in this podcast today. We we definitely are going to wrap up season three, but we're kind of also just going to wrap up uh, the entire like seasons one, two, two and three as a whole, because it does kind of feel like it's all just one big package when you look back on it in the way that we are. Uh, we're about to begin a whole new era. Uh, season four is going to bring in a bunch of new kids. And while a lot of these, you know, alumni now now McKinley alumni are going to stick around and we're going to follow their journey as they go into college and careers and whatnot. Uh, there is it does feel a lot different. We're not going to see the same kids in the choir room on a regular basis that we have been. It just completely shifts to it's you know I I, I don't think I look at it as a, as a spinoff, but it kind of feels a little bit like that. It's like this is the same show but a different version of it because the characters just shift. And it, uh, look, this isn't new. It's uh, I, I always talk about Degrassi that happens on Degrassi every couple seasons. They cycle through new kids and a lot of them leave. You know, and I'm sure it's happened with a million other shows that I just haven't watched. But um, that's that's just how things go. So yeah, we have a, a lot to break down with all of that. Um, I mean, any besides Quinn, I'm sure we're going to get a lot into Quinn. Is there anyone in specific that you are disappointed doesn't really make the transition with us to season four? You know, no, because I feel like good storytellers, they know how to end things and they know where things should end. Um, so I, I have to I, I feel like many of the characters that don't come back in full capacity have no business coming back. Um, so as disappointing as it was that Quinn didn't really get the send off that I really wanted for her, or at least the, the treatment throughout the season that I wanted for her, her not coming back, I'm not disappointed by it. The same thing with Mercedes, her and I mean, she's going to LA. There's no reason for Glee to follow her to LA. Um, and the same thing for Mike Chang. If he's going to Chicago, there's no reason for us to follow that. So yeah, I feel like there was most of the people that are gone fine with the exception of maybe Rory, I feel like, like, like I said, like I feel like, yes, I know that he won the Glee Project and he wasn't really supposed to be on the show to begin with. He only won a seven-episode arc, which ended up extending throughout the rest of the season. But I just felt like we spent so much time with the, well, not so much time, but we spent enough time with some of these underclassmen that I'm like, well, I'm invested now. I would much rather follow Rory throughout the rest of his time at McKinley then get this whole new batch of kids. And not to say that some of these new people aren't great, but it's like, that's why it feels like such a spinoff because we're literally trying to replace characters with carbon copies. And it's like, work with what you have already. So yeah, I, I wasn't too happy with what Rory, uh, that Rory was gone. Um, but other everybody else that, was, that, that leaves, I'm fine with it. Like Puck leaving, fine with it. Yeah, fine with it. Yeah, we kind of run out of storyline for Puck. It was like, uh, and I, I know I said this also in the last uh, podca- podcast that 
a lot of it does feel just extra special and magical when they do come back. Like the season four uh, song, when all of them come back, I want to say it's for Thanksgiving uh, and they're all mm-hmm. back and they sing home. That like gives me the chills just thinking about it. Like that one is so good. And anytime they come back on the screen, like while you're still following the story of the new kids and also still following Rachel and Curtin, the people who do stick around, uh, it's so nice when you get everybody back on screen. So um, there are a lot of things. And I, I have said many times about how excited I am for season four. I think it, I don't know if it's underrated because I don't exactly know how a bunch of other Glee fans feel about it. I know it's definitely different. And, you know, I think if people are watching along with us, I hope that you go into season four with the same kind of mindset that I go into it with these days where it's just, I really look forward to it because it's a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there with some of the new characters, some new voices singing some great uh, songs, a lot of, a lot of good covers in there. Um, we, I, I know we've talked about this a million times, maybe the best episode in the show being in season four coming up pretty early that I just can't wait to get to. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming up. And uh, just in terms of Rory, I wanted to touch on that. Uh, Rory kind of feels like a character similar to like Lauren, where uh, they have just this specific, specific shtick where Lauren was like, you know, the badass, like nothing bothered her kind of thing. And it felt like maybe they didn't see her as more of more than just like a funny character and Rory's kind of in the same mold, which is the same kind of thing that even Sugar's in, where it's like there's not an emotional depth to them in the same way that, like you said, they make these carbon copies of a Finn and Rachel and Quinn with, you know, Ryder, Marley and Kitty. Uh, some of these like jokey characters like Rory, Lauren, Sugar, uh, whoever, it's like I guess they don't want to overextend the appeal to them. So that's why they kind of take them out of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine, but I just, to that I say, then just humanize them, write for them, you know, give them the material. <laughs> the same thing happened with Brittany. I mean, she wasn't supposed to be uh, a, a, a huge character for the show, but they loved her. They gave her more time. And then they eventually wrote her into the story um, and fleshed her out so much more. You can do the same thing with Rory. You can do the same thing with Sugar. I would love a Sugar, sugar storyline. I don't necessarily need some of the new kids that we get because they don't, they don't end up appealing that well to the audience which is why season four is so polarizing a lot of people liked it i like season four like i said season four sort of happened at a time in my life where i was transitioning into you know becoming a college student and we had i got to follow rachel and kurt through that so that i it really it has this, a lot of sentimental value to me but i'll be interested to see how i feel about it looking back on it now because i do remember feeling even as an 18-year-old that wasn't really that well-versed in, like, following TV shows, because Glee was probably the first TV show that I watched live all the way through. Well, not all the way through, but, like, that I followed, besides, like, reality television. So I wasn't really used to having a show that I really, really enjoyed and then watching it sort of decline over time. And a lot of people feel like season four was, like, the jumping the shark season, I kind of feel like it was season five, but a lot of people feel like that for season four. And I can understand why now, because some of these characters are just like, what are y'all doing? Like we're literally recycling storylines. Why? Like I get like the self-referential humor, but at some point it's just comes off as lazy and just indifferent. And I just feel like they didn't really respect the audience as much as they should have. And I think that the cure for that or a part of the problem was the fact that they did not they didn't want to work with what they had. And they decided to bring in so many new people and then put them the forefront. And it's like, once again, characters like Tina, Artie, 
all the people that we already have get pushed to the back and it's like why <laughs> so i don't know yeah things things don't uh don't really get much better for tina which is just insane uh after all of the time that she spends in the new directions and never once spends time as the star of the show it's just yeah, um, so we'll get into a lot of that as we get into season four. Um, but let's let's you know wind it back a little bit and talk about season three. Uh, let's do it. I think the same way that I usually do it. Uh, let's start with the gold stars that we gave out, and we're gonna kind of run down talking by each character in order of who got the most stars to who got the least. We're gonna kick things off with the person at the top, and like Amon said things are a little bit spread out, uh, a little more spread out this time. So last season, we had Kurt leading the way with seven gold stars. This season, the most is five gold stars that were given out to our leading character. Do you know who it is, Amon? Hmm, let me think. I feel like you've, I feel like you've been on the, uh, the document page a little bit more, so I'm not sure if you've been studying the chart a little bit more than usual. I have been on the document page more, but I haven't been on in that fashion. I kind of was just looking to see how spread out my choices were. So I really don't know. I wasn't adding anything up. So I'm not sure. I don't think that it's Rory, although he has to be up there seeing as how I gave him two. <laughs> but you definitely did not give him three. So who the hell else could it be? Who else did you? You must have given them. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a hint because, of course, don't forget that uh, we do add in the guest guest stars. So oh, everybody shit, that's right. Right. So everybody that comes that. on with us, I count their guest stars. I don't count their slushy ratings because that just the math ends up being weird for me. But I always count the gold stars. If it's a given out by a guest in here that we have welcomed in, of course, it's going to count for us. Uh, there was one episode in particular to be completely upfront uh, about why this character got the top spot. Uh, there was one episode that we had multiple guests on and there were four stars given out to this one Santana. character in one episode. Yes. Santana Lopez got that four gold star in one episode, but then additionally one more that I gave her in the Michael episode. So yeah, let's kick things off uh, talking about Santana here in season three. And I'm also going to, of course, tie in Brittany with Santana because a lot of their story goes hand in hand. And Brittany didn't get a single damn gold star. I know. It's crazy. Well, yeah, this was a Santana season. It was. Uh the middle to the early middle to mid season era with her and and Brittany was sort of the continuation of what we began to see in season two um, and her coming to terms with the fact that she might be a lesbian and she obviously is in love with Brittany. And, you know, they talked it they talked it out with with Holly Holiday. Um, and so she was able to sort of accept it for herself towards the end of season two. And then this was all about the journey of her trying to come out to the rest of her family and to the rest of the school um, and really be comfortable in who she is as a, as a person. And so, yeah, I can totally understand why we would have awarded her um, so many gold stars because I feel like Santana, she's been the villainous type character for a lot of the time, but they humanized her a lot more in this season. We got to see her sort of like break down and sort of get pushed to the side by her own grandmother and all that shit. So yeah, she's a... Uh, this was a good season for her. And she had, she's in a lot of stellar performances. We got so much more um, Santana in the, uh, the music department as well, which is just going to elevate the Glee Club at all times, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they realized they had a star with uh, with Naya, and it came a little later than uh, you know maybe it should have, but better late than never. And once they realized what they had with her, obviously they took it, ran with it, and gave her a bunch more songs, which worked out really well. And you're going to hear a lot of them when we get to our favorite songs, I'm sure, at least on my end, probably a little bit on Amon's end as well. Um, so yeah, Santana is a big player in the season, and it's crazy to me because this is not even her biggest season, I would say. I think sh- the best is still yet to come with her as we get forward into her not being restricted by being in high school. Get out get out of that Cheerios uniform. Like As much as I love it and it's iconic uh, to see the three of them, specifically kind of the two of them, uh, Santana and Brittany wearing the Cheerios uniforms at all times, let her grow. Time to get out of Lima, Ohio and head for her big dreams because it's kind of underreported or under talked about that she wants to be a star just as much as anybody else. And she says that throughout the season, I'm going to be famous. That's what I want. Even when Will was like, Oh, she doesn't know what she wants to do. Her Mercedes and Finn. She was like, no, I do. I, I want to be famous. And Will's like, uh, oh, that's not a good thing to aspire towards. And she's like, all right, well you can deal with it. Uh, I'm good. That's what I'm doing. So that's her plan. And we see in the very last episode that she is talking to her mom about, I don't want to go to college. I'm, I'm kind of over the cheering thing. I want to go to New York. I want to follow my dreams. And that's what I plan to do. So while she's not going to be in season four, the second it gets started, once she shows up, she's got a lot going on there. But yeah, this was a very good season for her with a lot of great performances. Um, I don't want you to spoil your favorite songs list, but like, um, do you do you have any like songs that stand out that you would like highlight as her big songs aside from, I guess, the obvious rumor has it? Uh, yeah, rumor had it is a Hallmark season three song. I'm still geeking out over her cover of Constant Craving with Shelby. I just That's a performance that I rediscovered upon this rewatch, and I I don't know what it is. I guess just me being older, I just relate to the song a bit more, so I, 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 I love that performance by her. Um, what else does she sing in this season? Love You Like a Love um, Song. I know it's not the biggest one, but it's definitely, and it's not going to make it to my top 20, but I No, it's a really, nice treat, though. Really like it. Yeah, it's like the, exactly, that's a great way to put it. Like a, a nice little treat that gets dropped in there where it's, you know, it's a, a fun, fun to go back to. And uh, yeah, she's, she's got so many. Uh, it's just, uh, she's got with Brittany in the Whitney episode. Uh, what what song do they do? Dance with Somebody? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, she also does it with, she also does So Emotional with Rachel in that episode too. Right. So I, neither of those ended up being my favorite song because that episode was filled with good music. Yeah, you're really right though because the best is yet to come with for her because in terms of music, I still feel like her strongest solo is in the very last season. So she she just keeps getting better and better with each uh, season that passes. Mm-hmm. My favorite Santana songs are both in season four. So... I'm excited for that. Uh, no, that's not true. One season four, one season five. Um, I was doing the math wrong there, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, and uh, any thoughts on Brittany here? I mean, we know that she's going to be sticking around into next season after not having graduated. We saw the dinosaur prom of it all. She goes a couple episodes without talking, which is a little sad, but I guess they were using that time to really propel the seniors narrative. And now that we're kind of resetting a little bit to having, you know, back to basics with the next season, I feel like we still have a lot more to come and they can use Brittany in the same way they did in season two and not worry about the airtime being eaten up that they needed for other things yeah they don't really know what to do with her character after a while um because without santana she doesn't really get a lot of airtime and so in a way 
even though it doesn't really make much sense in narratively speaking, I'm glad that she fails and that they bring her back for season four because the first half of season four is very Britney centric. So I, I'm glad that we at least it's in the it's coming. Okay, it's to be determined just how much Britney we're going to get in Glee. But yeah, season three is is weird for her because unless it's a Santana storyline, she's pretty much out. Or if she's running for president, or if she's putting the prom together, that's all we get from Britney really. So, right. yeah. So, sadly, no gold stars, but. It's not the end of the world. She will get back in there. I'm sure of it. Um, Let's move down the list a little bit to the person that has the sole second place spot. And I do feel like that has a lot to do with me. Um, Yep, because I gave this person three out of their four gold stars for the season. Uh, Pretty, pretty much to be expected when you uh, when you ask me. Uh, Quinn Fabre coming in next with four gold stars in the season. Quinn Fabre. I mean, she better get some gold stars this season, considering this is her last big season. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say that we haven't already said throughout this uh, this season of the podcast? Uh, there, there was potential here for something much greater. And just like how Tina says to Rachel in props, I am one of the original members of Glee Club. Like, she is one of the original characters of Glee. And... For her to leave the show this way. And she's not the only one. I definitely have qualms with the way that some of these other characters make their exit as well. Uh, But for her to leave the show this way. And for it to be for such a really shitty reason. Like Ryan Murphy says that he had an entire idea of how Quinn was supposed to be. This bitchy high school cheerleader. And then Diana Aglon ended up humanizing her in a way. Which totally went against his plan. And then we didn't really see him work with her. And make the character like make the character grow together it seemed like he had a plan it got derailed and then he didn't really know what to do so he just threw shit at the wall and saw uh, to see what sticks and that was shitty you can you can totally tell because like the shit that they had her doing this season like there were definitely parts of it that were funny i get it but i don't know i don't know i just wanted her to be so much more integral to the plot and it seemed like they had they literally had to take her legs away to give her (laughs) screen time Right. Yeah. They they did not seem to know what they wanted to do going into this season. And there was a lot of hesitation, at least on my end, from remembering how things go with the pink hair and everything. And I was just not looking forward to it. But as it went on and as, you know, things were starting to get better for Quinn, once you get past the whole Beth storyline, which I don't I I still don't hate that. I think it, you know, it was important to go back to that because we did kind of just forget about it after season one, because I guess, again, Adina Menzel wasn't around in season two to film or or something like that. So once we do have her back available, uh, you know, she's the person who Quinn gave her baby up to to have adopted. Uh, And now that she was able to come back and be on the entire first half of the season we're going to see that Quinn is uh is you know interested in going back to her child and not just giving it up forever uh so we go through all that and then towards the end of the season there I mean towards the middle of the season we get the car crash which is just in it's such a roller coaster ride uh quite literally at, at one point for Quinn where it's just she's all over the place and we are going to see at the very end that she is finally 
gotten things together. This is where she wants to be. This is what she wants to do going forward, you know, going to Yale and having her friends still within reach. Uh, she gets Rachel that uh, the Metro North pass to come visit her. And she's, you know, seemingly in a good place with Santana, with Brittany, with uh, Mercedes. I don't know, just any of her friends that she wants to keep in touch with. So it's, a, again, a big, crazy ride, but I guess we kind of come to an end where I am somewhat satisfied if this has to be how it all plays out. So I didn't mention this for Santana. Santana is going to end these three seasons in fourth place overall with nine gold stars. Uh, Quinn is going to end these three seasons tied for second place overall with 12 gold stars. And I'll get to who she's tied with in a little bit. So she is right there behind one other person. Uh, so obviously has been a very big part of these seasons a very big character and you know even though she's gonna head off now uh can't underestimate how important quinn was to the early goings of this show yeah uh just a a delight you know what i mean i never even watching the first season for the first time i i, I never really hated quinn the way that i think that they wanted us to um and part of the reason is because of the fact that I mean, she went through that whole pregnancy thing which you know, really made made her a sympathetic character, and she, her dad kicked her out, and all that bullshit. But I always liked that. You know, viewing this show for the first time at like what at like what, seventeen years old, you kind of get used to like the the main kind of tropes in high school dramas. And I all this is like Glee was one of the first shows that really started to like turn a bit of that on its head for me. And I was like, oh, cool, people aren't like going for the usual stereotypical bullshit. And Quinn was one of the examples of that. So. I've always been a Quinn fan. It's just like she's such she's like a character that is easily, you know, forgotten in conversation a lot of the time because of the fact that she's just not highlighted the way that she should be, which is a shame. But the real bitches know. So I feel like Quinn is a cult classic character, if that makes sense. Yeah. And for, for Quinn, it's like, you know, fascinating in a way that she's not one of the voices that they feature the most. She has a fantastic voice that we've praised many times, but it's just, you know, it's not the powerhouse that Rachel is, Santana, Mercedes, so they don't give her as many opportunities to sing. She literally has one solo in season three uh, while she's, you know, latched on to a bunch of other songs that are really good uh, throughout the way. It's just, I mean, and that's throughout the first couple seasons too. It's never really like the Quinn show when it comes to the uh, the songs. It's, it's usually... She, she's added in there also kind of like as a nice little treat, but it's, you know, pretty impressive that she's able to be such an important character despite them not giving her all those opportunities. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I concur. Yep. So uh, and we can also kind of tie in a little bit here some of the characters that exist around Quinn's world. And I want to kind of start with uh, somebody that is uh, very near and dear to your heart as uh, Joe Hart did uh, did only get one gold star in this season from you. And a lot of what he had to do this season was connected to Quinn. So what did you make of? Well, we know what you've made of uh, Joe's debut season. You've uh, covered that pretty well. But uh, just thoughts on Joe as we wrap up season three. I just wanted more. More is always better with Joe. Um, I like that Samuel Larson got his wish come. His wish came true when he said that he wanted to be involved with Quinn. Um, we don't even get so much as a kiss between the two of them, which kind of doesn't really make much sense. But um, we get more. We get one one more boner than we do kiss between right? the two of them. Right. Yeah. I just. I wish that he was able to branch out more. He really doesn't get a chance to do that. 
Rory, on the other hand, he wanted his storyline to revolve around Brittany, but then he ends up creating other relationships, mainly with Finn and with Sam. With Joe, it's just Quinn. Sure, maybe you can throw in the God Squad, but those those are always scenes together, and he's always... He doesn't really have, it's not really like his scene. You know what I mean? He only has real scenes when he's at physical therapy. Like he shot most of his material in that damn physical therapy room. (laughs) It's crazy. So, yeah, I just, I don't know what Ryan Murphy was thinking here. Clearly Ryan Murphy plays favorites and he he liked Rory much, much more and he gave him all that material. But storytelling wise, it just doesn't make any sense. Don't have us watching the Glee Project all fucking summer get us you know invested in these kids give them the ride of their lifetime and then have it run out of gas before they even get to their destination and then you can see that he like tried to make up for it in season four but it was even worse i just i don't know i just can't get over it y'all i just people are probably like so pissed at me for like rambling on and on and on about joe but guys it really sucks it's just the it's like some of the most like irresponsible use of a character i've seen in this glee we're talking about. So, yeah. you know it's bad. And we can also, you know, just follow the line here and, and talk about Rory as well as we are talking about our Glee Project winners. Rory comes in. He has actually three gold stars. There's a pretty uh, big chunk in the middle here of people with three gold stars. So uh, he's got three on the season, which two came from you. One came from me. Two of them were during the Christmas episode. So uh, he was a delight to have. But so, so He's in, uh, he's in you- third place. Or is he tied no, 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 no. He had uh, three gold stars. He was tied with a couple other people for three. Um, and just wait till you hear the names that he was tied with for for three. Uh, some big characters in there. But do you do you hold it against Rory that uh, how things played out with Joe? Or is, you know, I mean, probably more on the writers. No, I don't. I don't hold it against Rory. Whenever, like, when I watched the season for the first time and I wasn't as critical, I lo- I loved everything that Rory did. I was a, I, I I was a sap for all of his his slow, dreary. Michael Bublé depressed ass songs you know what I mean so no I don't hold it against him and I I enjoy a lot of like when he when popped up on the screen when we were doing this rewatch it's like oh yeah he's finally here so yeah I love what they did with Rory's character I'm a big fan of Rory but I just wish that I feel like this season would be much more richer if both of them both of those characters got the same experience or if they came in at the same time and the two of them interact because we don't see them interact at all, which is crazy to me. Like they literally spent so much time together on screen. You already have the built-in chemistry. Why aren't they friends? Why? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. They don't have. Yeah. They don't share not one conversation together at all. If if he had been sticking around Rory for season four, I feel like we probably would have gotten that. But uh, as we know, they have not decided to keep him around. So Joe is the uh, sole remaining person from Glee Project season one. So uh, you might have gotten that scene later down the line, but there was going to be no opportunity for that. So uh, and again, uh, pretty awesome for the two of them to be involved in so many big moments for the new directions that are so important to the season to be there on that national stage performing with them in the biggest moments of their new directions career. And then also like were Joe and Rory there to send Rachel off on her way to New York? I think Rory was. I don't know if I saw Joe. Yeah, he was there. 
Okay, so everybody is there to send Rachel off uh, and say goodbye to her. So again, like these big moments and, you know, they were allowed to be included. And I don't see why they wouldn't be. Uh, Just I I wouldn't be surprised if they had just kept it to like the people that Rachel has been with for years. And even the stuff that happens like with Puck along the way and Puck's like, you boys are my boys and you've been there for me since day one. And he looks around and it's like Rory and Joe are here who he just met a couple months ago. Uh, But, you know, it's 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 good. They're uh, being kept involved with everything. Um, so yeah, that's, that's those two. Let's kind of, uh, talk about the, I'll, I'll give you the names, I guess, of everybody else who was tied with three gold stars in the season. So we had Santana with five, Quinn with four. Following them, we have five names that have three gold stars in the season. We, uh, already mentioned Rory. We also have Rory on the same level as Kurt Hummel, Rachel Berry, Blaine Anderson, and Tina Cohen Chang. Pretty, uh, pretty funny that he landed in a spot or a tier with those guys to me. Um, let's hold off on Rachel and Kurt for a second and talk about a little bit here with, uh, well, I guess Blaine also is going to talk, uh, be tied in with Kurt. Uh, let's get a little bit of, uh, Tina Cohen Chang and maybe some Mike Chang in there. Tina has these three gold stars and Mike got on the board with one gold star this season. Yeah, same thing with Tina, like Tina Blow and Wang. She just, they just did not give a damn about her character until it was time to talk about not giving a damn about the character, which is just, <sighs> woo, man. Um, Jenna Ushkowitz probably had the easiest paycheck out of any of these people. All she had to do was come, smile, nod, learn a few uh, kickball changes here and there, and then go the fuck home. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I really don't know. I feel like it's sort of like symptomatic of something that I always talk about when it comes to Ryan Murphy. And I know that Ryan Murphy is not the sole writer on this television show, but I think that he's probably not the only one that has this kind of issue. It seems like some of the characters of color, they just don't know what to do with them if the story does not revolve around their color. You know what I mean? Like the only exception to this rule is Santana. That's it. You know what I mean? But for Mike Chang, for Tina Cohen Chang, for even Mercedes, uh, for, obviously for for Matt um, in season one, and then we're going to see later on with some of these newer characters, it's just not, I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like they're like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Because I've, I've, I read the, the pilot script for Glee, right? The one that did not make it to air, like one of the first drafts of the pilot. And some of the shit that they had coming out of Mercedes' mouth was the most stereotypical shit that I've ever seen. So to me, it seems like the writers for this that, that, are, that stay on board for this show, to me, it seems like, well, I don't really know how to handle this character. I don't want to offend anybody. So let's just give them some things here and there and like let it be. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened to Tina because she's just relegated to the background for no fucking reason because there's plenty of shit that you can write for her. You know what I mean? She's just as good as any of the other fucking characters on the show. So, you know, one of the reasons why it was so hard for me to come down to a consensus for my top 10 songs was because there was a Tina solo in there that I'm like, I can't bring myself to get rid of it. It's not like one of the songs that I think about the most when I think about season three, but because it's one of the only solos that we get from her, I'm like, I'm not getting rid of it because it's just not, I need for Tina to come through somewhere, somehow. So I kept it. 
Yeah, she had two really good episodes, and that's where these three gold stars come from. She had uh, in sectionals when she's the one who goes ahead and gets Mike's parents to come, and she sends his application through to the dance schools that he wants to go to. And you're like, yes, Tina, like, especially considering Mike was being kind of a jerk to her at the time, but she goes, she finds his dad uh, and makes sure that he, you know, either that he knows what the deal is at the end of the day. And she's like, my parents are fine with me doing it, so you probably should be fine with your son doing it. Otherwise, he's going to resent you forever and then later on of course we get the props episode where tina falls and hits her head and next thing you know we have one of the most fun moments of glee of all time so uh really you know it's it's not much but at least for those two episodes we do get uh, a lot of good tina moments enough to give her three gold stars and put her in this top tier which is you know last season she got zero gold stars the first season she got two which was far away from the top so uh as much as the love got spread out this season it's nice to see her you know up towards the top of this list uh, in the overall scheme scheme of uh, the first three seasons. Tina is a little bit towards the bottom. Uh, you know, she has five gold stars total so far, so she's kind of a little lower down there, but there is still more Tina time to come. And although she is not going to be the star of the, sh- of the show uh, of the Glee club next season as well, we still will have more time. And I think that she'll get a couple more stars along the way. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see all, how all that goes, but, uh, let's let's talk about the uh, I guess the elephant in the room, if that is the way to put it. Uh, just these big characters. Um, I'm gonna put them all together here. We have Kurt with three stars, Rachel with three stars, Finn Hudson only with one star that you just gave him in the last episode. So uh, a little bit cut back on the Finn Gold stars for this season, but let's just talk about all three of them because as we see them at the finale episode, their stories really are tied together through Rachel. Uh, Rachel and Kurt start off the season together as we are going to New York if it's the last thing we do, and we follow them throughout the season on their journey to Niada uh, to get the auditions that go seemingly go well for Kurt, don't go well for Rachel, and then all of a sudden uh, we see that Rachel finds her way into the school, Kurt does not, and then over with Finn, who is of course connected to both of them as well, you know, Kurt's stepbrother and Rachel's boyfriend throughout the entire season, uh, we don't quite know what he's doing with his future, he's working that out all throughout the way, and then at the very last minute, he decides that he is going to enlist in the army uh, and work on, you know, changing his dad's status in the army to a dishonorable, uh, to an honorable discharge, and he sends Rachel off on her way so feel free jump in with uh either any character you want to get started with of these three yeah finn is very wayward this season we start off him not really knowing what he wants to do he tries to go for the football thing that doesn't work out then he's sort of like skulks around for a few episodes for a lot of episodes really you know pretty much his sole purpose was to continuously bring the glee club together and also sort of be like a sounding board for rachel and then midway, you know, we through the season, we start learning about his dad and how he wants to, he starts to learn about his dad and he wants to change the legacy of his father and all of that. And then all of a sudden he wants to become an actor, which was something that he'd never said ever. Never, never even like, like I said, like he only has one role acting in the show and that was Rocker Horror Picture Show. And that show didn't even pan out. So this is the first that we're hearing of it. And then all of a sudden it switches back to him going to the army. So it's just like, He's all over the place this season. I think it's pretty uh, true to character. Um, so it's it's not surprising that we couldn't really give him a gold star because there really wasn't anything for us to get behind him with in this episode or in the season. I just feel like there were more there were characters that were just a little bit more focused than he was. 
Um, so it's not surprising. Rachel, on the other hand, yeah, man, I this rewatch, and I don't know if it's probably colored with the with the fact that we hear so much shit about Leah Michelle as we're covering this season, but I don't know. I thought that I had started to like Rachel so much more in this season, but I guess it really isn't until season four that I start to really become Team Rachel. This season for her definitely was not as bad as season two. She's definitely grown. She's up to some of her usual antics this season, but she definitely has a more refined quality to her character, especially towards the end when she becomes more driven about uh, the niyata of it all. So it wasn't as uh, pleasurable watching her this season as I thought it was going to be, but it's definitely not her worst. That's for sure. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, she's 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 definitely like uh, like you said, she's up to her usual antics, but it's it's mixed in with a whole lot of us hearing from other people about how they do, you know, have that respect for her. And uh, you hear it from Tina, you hear it from Santana Quinn throughout the season that like, you know what, Barry, you're not as bad as, you know, uh, maybe we thought you were. Maybe we can find a way to be friends because she you gets know, she gets like called out more this season. I mean, she did get called out last season, but it was mainly from like Mr. Shoe. You know what I mean? Like, I always think about the time when she comes into the into the choir room with that tape over her mouth and Mr. Shoe has finally had it. You know what I mean? But yeah. even when he yells at her, she yells back at him like, I'm upset. Like, I don't know what you want to do. But this time around, when she gets called out, she actually learns something. You know what I mean? Like, she gets I mean, she, she does that horrible thing with Finn trying to trying to have sex with him just so that she can act better. And then the girls tell her, like, Rachel, you're fucked up for that. And she feels bad for that. And, and Finn also, like shames her for it as well i mean what else does she get involved in she 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 tries she tries to, to run for president for yeah she she tries to run for president she runs against him in the first in the in the in, first of all finn is like i can't i don't know who i'm gonna vote for which makes her feel shitty um she can't even talk to kurt kurt gives her the, sh- the talent treatment she eventually pulls out then she tries to rig the election for him can't perform a sectional so she gets caught out for that shit as well she gets pissed off about her niata edition she chokes on it and then Santana's like, bitch, no one wants to come to this anti-prom with you because you're the one that fucked it up. Like, so she she really faces a lot of opposition and she has less of a she has less of a rebuttal each and every time. You know what I mean? So if she's actually beginning to learn. She's actually absorbing the shit that people are saying to her, even though she might turn around and do the same shit a week later. So I feel like this, yeah. was, a, this was a growing season, if anything, for for Rachel. And then somehow at the end of the day uh, gets awarded the prom queen from uh, Santana and Quinn. So, you know, Mm -hmm. just furthering the thought about how they come around on her over time, especially Quinn, especially Quinn. Uh, Sorry. Uh, No, no, God. Uh, We are going to see that the two of them are truly at the point where it's not just like we kind of think she's okay. They're like, you know what? She has been through it. And this is her boyfriend that's about to go up on stage. Her fiance. uh, Sorry. Uh, that's about to go win the prom king. She, you know, we gave her a lot of shit in our first few years, like, you know, picking on her when they were the cool kids and she was the nobody and she was never, never gave up uh, trying to, you know, not only like do well for herself, but to keep them all together. And, you know, they just in this one moment feel like, why don't we give give back something to her and let her be the, the queen for the night, especially as Quinn's sitting here like, it really doesn't mean as much to me as I thought it would. And Santana's like, well, I mean, her, she has her own reasons as uh, Brittany doesn't get elected prom 
King. But, you know, at the end of the day, they give it to Rachel and Rachel is able to close out the season with that monologue saying, you know, I had everything that I could have ever wanted. If you told me when I started my, you know, tenure at McKinley that I would have been walking out prom queen, nationals champion, uh, accepted to the school of my dreams, going to New York with the perfect man by my side, I wouldn't have believed you. And then she ends up, you know, at the very end, like so much with, I mean, there's the wedding we haven't even really fully touched on uh, that happens along the way uh, that with that storyline. And then we get to the end and she's like, you know what? I am going to stop this plan for my dreams and follow Finn because both of the boys did not make it into their schools. Let me go with them because that's truly where my heart lies. And then Finn sends her off in the correct direction. And now she's going off into season four to, you know, pursue her New York dreams as she should be doing. Yeah. She's, um, she's on the up and up. I'll leave it at that. I am, I am still temporarily holding on to the stand card. She has to earn it back and she hasn't quite done it yet. But she's on the up and up. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah. So she's going to, you know, head off to New York with uh, Finn staying behind. And of course, uh, Kurt also will throw him in here as Kurt was uh, was supposed to go to New York with her. That was the whole plan for the two of them. And Kurt was supposed to be the senior class president. He was hoping to get the votes for that. That didn't quite work out, and he's, you know, kind of kept himself involved all throughout, eventually, you know, getting himself closer and closer to the Niata audition that he listened to his gut, went with, uh, you know, his plan on that one, which did not end up working out. Uh, we have some stuff with Kurt and Blaine throughout the season as the perfect couple finally gets into a fight over Chandler. Uh, <laughs> that name is, I'm going to forget that name in a week from now. Um, and yeah, so uh, we'll talk about Kurt and also Blaine, who was also here with three stars. Yeah, um, this is also, I mean, we've talked about it before, but this is when they're starting to put Kurt and Rachel at the forefront. They really become like the faces of Glee, which I always sort of had like an issue with that um, back then. And I, I feel like I still do now. Because while they're great characters and while I'm definitely interested in the both of them, I just, why are they now like the, the, the forefront of this, of this franchise? I just don't understand it. And this was, this is the beginning of that. Um, Kurt, I mean, his, his big thing to overcome now is like learning to be secure within a relationship, I guess. Because, I mean, he, he, he had to come to terms with the fact that he was gay in season one. Then he had to... Uh, you know, he had he had to come to terms with the fact that he like not everybody was going to accept him in season two, and had to find the courage to sort of like be who he is, no matter where he is. And now in season three, now that he's got uh, a nice, cute piece of man candy on his arm, it's all about like keeping that, keeping that confidence, and then also like keeping the security within a relationship. And we got to see a bit of that with like Sebastian and we got to see more of it with Chandler. So this was this was a this was fun for him. I think this is probably his vocally this is his weakest season. I found myself hard pressed to like any of the songs that he was involved with this season. Um but this was sort of I feel similar to Rachel in that this was a growing season for him as well and he began to really blossom in season 4. I would have liked to be able to see more people in season 4 blossom. But you know what? I'll take it. Fine. Yeah. 
And Blaine obviously goes through his own kind of journey as Blaine is uh, going to kind of be uh, shamed, not shamed, kind of shunned is, is the word I was looking for by Finn uh, at the beginning of the season. Nobody is really into him and his help. He transfers schools to be with Kurt. And then they're like, yeah, you think you were hot shit over at the other school, but <laughs> Fuck you're you and your here. help. <laughs> exactly. Like they have no interest or at least uh, Finn, the captain of this crew, has no interest in Blaine uh, being involved. But eventually they're going to team up and say, you know, if we want to win sectionals, we all have to be in it together, especially Rachel's not here. So I need we need to be strong and we need to be tight. And he comes around on this, which I'm first, you know, I said this at the time, but I'm like, this is your stepbrother's boyfriend. Why are you being such an ass to him? Like, this has got to cause tension at home. Uh, but eventually they end up okay, and then all of a sudden Blaine gets hit with a slushy that has something in it that's going to ruin his eyesight, needs to get surgery, going to go uh, actually perform on Broadway for a, a couple, uh, like an episode or two, comes back with the big brother of it all, and now is kind of a little quieter towards the rest of this season because, you know, while we can still keep him involved here, he is going to have his time in the next three seasons so uh blaine uh yes also with three gold stars wait so i'm thinking about something if if finchel and clane get married does that hold on blaine becomes finn's do step do, st- do step in laws is that a thing step yeah sure step brother-in-law so all four of them become brother sisters in laws like rachel like rachel becomes kurt's well, no, I guess she wouldn't have any relation to Blaine because I don't think they roll over like that. This is also a depressing conversation considering that Finn and Rachel not being getting not hey, being able to get married. Spoilers! Is, spoilers! That we're allowed in this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, that would have uh, would have been quite the arrangement, but Rachel's got other plans. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, and overall, also, I guess I'll say uh, here that I was talking earlier about the total gold stars given out over the first three seasons. Uh, the first place overall is one of these two characters. Do you think it was Kurt or Rachel? The first place overall for the uh, all three seasons? All three seasons. Most slushies to this point. I have slushies. Most gold stars to this point. I would have to guess it's Kurt. It is. It is Kurt indeed, who had four gold stars in the first season, followed by seven in the second season, three in this season for a total of 14 gold stars. Uh, He is followed by Quinn, who I already mentioned, with 12, and Rachel also with 12, who are then followed by Santana with nine. So the top of the leaderboard here has both of these characters. So I think that makes sense. Even though we don't give out Rachel as we don't give uh, as many to Rachel as we did in season one, when she got six, uh, she's still, you know, adding to her total here and there and keeping her at the top of the pack, which makes sense. I mean, it is Leah's show after all, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if she'll pull ahead, you know, I mean, with season four coming along, I mean, I wonder if she'll become the top gold star getter of the, uh, of the series. Yeah, it does feel like it's going to be a fight between Kurt and Rachel. Uh, I mean, no, well, no, Santana does have a very good shot to get back in there as well. So we'll see how all that plays out. Um, but yeah, any more thoughts on this crew before we move into some of the uh, two-star getters and kind of run through that real quick? 
I think I'm all set. All right. So let's talk about the two Gold Star Getters. There are a lot of names here. Um, I'll get some quick hits here. We have Emma Pillsbury. We can talk about Emma and Will. Uh, we obviously followed the two of them. Uh, Will has zero Gold Stars, as it usually should be, but sometimes they try to get us in at the end. But uh, no Gold Stars for Will this season. Uh, but Emma does have two from that one episode that uh, she got her tenure in. So the two of them are still on a good pace here uh going towards the wedding and they finally did it that was kind of all that will kind of had this season you know was his marriage to emma i mean he he did he was involved in the the campaign and the election with with bert and everything but that was more of an ancillary plot so the main thing for him this season was becoming like was i mean first of all i mean the, the main thing was getting the glee club to nationals and getting them the win that was like the main thing um but I feel like the, the the secondary main thing would be his marriage to, or at least his proposal to Emma, which I was sort of surprised that they didn't conclude that with this season. I was sort of surprised that we didn't get a a, a wedding between the two of them. Um, but it's interesting that it was sort of like a bait and switch because Finn and Rachel are the ones that end up trying to get married as opposed to the people that are actually engaged already. It was kind of strange right so there's emma with her two gold stars and uh, yeah it's a quieter season for will but who's complaining about that he gets yeah his like, victory I, I with the feel, new directions i kind of feel like i mean I, yeah you're right like cause who's complaining because i really don't need that much will but i kind of wish that there was like i i felt like he was coming in at the last minute towards the end with this win you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like there wasn't enough like following of his, of his desire for them to win yeah, and I thought it was the perfect amount because uh, because we really don't care enough about him or don't care much about him. At least I don't. So it's like uh, you you get that you get to the point where they're about to go to nationals, and then you get to check in with him and see how much this means to him. And all throughout, you know how much the kids mean to him. Like he has that panic attack when he's trying to plan the wedding, and he's like, "I need the Glee kids to be there." And Emma's like, "They will be. They'll literally come to the moon for you. They love you." Um, <laughs> and we, you know, so we follow that, and that's really all that he has, and that's really all that he needs. We don't need to go too deep into his character at all times. Like we're gonna get more of that at least in season six. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking ahead of when we're gonna get some wrap up on some of the seasons like big main characters. Uh, but for now it really is all about the kids and Matthew Morrison is still hanging around for a couple of songs here and there. And just to continue being like the guiding force with them. And I, I think he was also doing some behind the scenes stuff as well. So even if he wasn't on screen at all times, like he had his directorial debut in this season. So he's probably mm-hmm. working a little bit on that end as well. That's true. So. That's true. So that's good for him. Um, of course, we have with two gold stars in the season, Mercedes Jones robbed from uh, the very beginning. These gold stars came in episode three. And ever since then, it's just been, uh, you know, her hanging around. She had the storyline with Sam, with uh, Shane. So that was all well and good. Well, that was all something. Um, but, you know, <laughs> she she walks away with the recording contract. Uh, she's happy with the way that things are going. And, you know, this is not the time that we're going to get all of our Mercedes, but if you are a Mercedes fan, which most people are, just wait till season five. Yeah, wait till season five. It's a long time coming, but it's worth the wait. Yeah, poor Mercedes. I mean, she gets a somewhat of a happy ending, but it's not celebrated the way that it should be. I mean, she got a fucking recording contract. Come on, people. Come on, Ooh, Ryan. 
And you know what? I mean, I, I talk about it like that uh, as to say, uh, not to say that she didn't do anything this season, because it, while it feels like a lifetime ago, the trouble tones were this season. And we would be remiss to not talk about the trouble tones and their impact on this show, on this series. And I guess we can also talk about Shelby here with her two gold stars uh, and Sugar also with her two gold stars here as we have this fun group that forms between the trouble tones uh, that just comes out of nowhere to become this rival glee club. And at first, you know, my reaction was like, Ugh, I hate that the kids are being split up like this and that's part of the that's the part of the season where I wasn't giving out very favorable slushy ratings uh, but as time goes on and you know that doesn't last too long and it gives you the opportunity to see those voices highlighted they get some great numbers and then all of a sudden we get the trouble tones numbers once per competition so I think overall I'm very satisfied with the trouble tone stories yeah they really do uh, shake up things here at McKinley I mean to have the Glee Club splinter, I think, was the perfect plot line for season three. It really raises the stakes. It really, and it's it, it's realistic too. It's like, yeah, they're finally fucking tired of it. It's their senior year, and they want a chance to shine. And it's three talented girls in the club. Like, Brittany's that much, not much of a singer, but she can dance her ass off, and she adds so much to the performances. And of course, you got Santana and Mercedes, who always sound great. So. Yeah, I, th- that is one thing that I am very proud of in terms of Mercedes in this in this season. I think that the beginning of her arc is really, really strong, and then it sort of fizzles out, and she goes back into the fold. You know, I kind of wish that she was more prominent during the Nationals performance, but Rachel, once again, kind of just sucks all of the air out of the room, making it all about herself because she choked at her audition, and... Yeah, there is still a Trouble Tones number at Nationals, but it's not as Mercedes-centric as I want it to be. They sing Edge of Glory. That's not a Mercedes song. And you know it's not a Mercedes song because all they have her do is what she did in the New Directions and, like, hit a bunch of, like, cool vocal runs and shit and hold out high notes at the end. It's like, Mercedes, this is your group. You should be singing. Yeah. And it'll come up, I'm sure, in the favorite song discussion. But, you know, of course, Mercedes being involved in one of the show's most iconic performances of all time with the mashup of Rumor Has It and Someone Like You. Like that was her and Santana, uh, you know, a little bit of Britney and and whoever else in there. But uh, that was just, you know, as much as she kind of gets forgotten or left behind a little bit towards the end of the season, they did give her, uh, you know, Room to room to kind of grow towards the early part as the trouble tones were flourishing on their own. So uh, there was that. Um, and of course, Shelby, who stopped by. I mean, we already we kind of covered most of what there was to cover about Shelby when she was stopping by on the show. But nice to get Adina Menzel back in there as uh, Sugar Mata is also going to come by and a super fun character, which we're still going to get a little bit more with. But Sugar's dad ends up paying for Shelby to come back in. So, uh, yeah, these are two characters that I'm happy to have uh, been here. Yeah, I mean, Sugar is just, she's Sugar. <laughs> she's super sweet, as her name would suggest. And I'm really glad that she was a part of this of this season because she was just always funny to watch on screen. Um, yeah, two gold I'm, stars I'm, for her came on the Valentine's Day episode, which yeah, was a I'm lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad that we got a whole episode, kind of, not dedicated to her, but like it was her episode. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have two gold stars for Becky Jackson, uh, Unique, who is going to make her debut on this season with a lot more to come. So I don't really know that there's much to wrap up on Unique, but I mean, you know, a uh, solid debut for somebody who was uh, only supposed to win two episodes and, of course, is going to get much more win for the series. Win two songs. <laughs> win two songs. 
but yeah, uh, Unique has got her start on the show, and uh, you know, biggest rival being Sue is not not a position you qu- kind of want to be in, but uh, that's where she's at so far. Becky, of course, being the queen of England, uh, who comes in <laughs> and she gets her rightful crown uh, as prom queen from Puck at the anti-prom. So Becky's still giving us some good moments here and there, and she'll be around as well as we continue our journey at McKinley. She's not a senior just yet. Um, and then a couple other characters here, uh, just to touch on the rest of the New Directions boys. We really don't get much Artie uh, besides the West Side Story as he was directing all that. So we get Artie with two gold stars and Puck with two gold stars. So there's more to talk about with Puck, but Artie is also here. Yeah, Artie. I mean, his, his, I mean, talk about Matthew Morrison's directorial debut. This is his directorial debut. I mean, the Christmas episode was, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we don't necessarily consider the Christmas episode as much of a, a canonized episode. It's sort of like outside of the regular plot line. But no, it sort of like continues what we've already seen with West Side Story. He directed that, and now he's directing this. And this really sets up his storyline for season five. So yes, this um, yeah, I'm 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 glad that we got to at least. It, it seems like he had more of a plan for his life as a junior than some of the seniors did. So I liked I liked what we got from Artie. Yeah, definitely don't uh, don't hate that. I mean, somebody's got to be a competent kind of like student human being. I don't know in there. Um, but I guess on the opposite side of that, uh, to set that up, uh, Puck, welcome uh, Noah Puckerman into the conversation who spends a decent amount of the season being very terrified that he is not going to graduate. And I imagine that most of us at the time were thinking that they were going to hold him back. Uh, but we see that that does not happen. He does pass his final exam that he needs to pass and he's going to head off to uh, a different direction which we'll, we'll catch up with him a little bit in season four and five and yeah um, as as he continues on there but uh, for now he's gonna he's gonna graduate and leave and we're gonna get his brother next season which can't wait for that yeah we are we're gonna get his his whole brother I'm excited for that I know you're excited for that yes <laughs> yeah, uh, Puck Puck was tied in, you know, a little bit with Quinn uh, towards the end here, and he was tied in with Finn and his boys and all that kind of stuff, saying goodbye to the boys who were helping him out through all the years. So I guess at the end of the day, that's what they wanted us to take away, that, you know, he was there with the football team, and we see him get, you know, a little bit beat up by the hockey players, a little bit or a lot, like uh, the storyline, which I guess, hey, perfect uh, transition to tie also in Coach Beast here, who also has two gold stars. Uh, that's the final person on this two-star level. Uh, Puck and Coach Beast are going to end the season kind of together working together to help puck pass and they're both going through a lot where people just look at them and think that nothing can hurt them but obviously a lot does puck uh, is in one aspect of just everybody i mean it is uh, a great way that they get tied together because puck is this big tough guy and everybody you know he ends up wearing a dress to just show that like no i'm still in this i'm with you guys like i don't care what i look like what i act like like i am he's pretty much kind of trying to be like a a teddy bear at heart and just do whatever it takes to i guess help the team win and then coach beast of course in the same kind of uh wavelength is somebody who look people look at and they're like oh you're a wall nobody could ever touch you nobody could ever hurt you and we see that she goes through a terrible uh situation back at home with cooter and she's able to get herself out of that by the end of things yeah, Coach Beast was I like I, I I like that she didn't fade because she could be a, a character that fades. I mean, season two was definitely, I think, uh, e- even considering the gravity of the situation that she was dealing with, um, in this season, I feel like season two was a stronger season for her. Um, 
and I'm glad that they continued with her and they you know they kept her involved in the beginning with her directing the musical and everything and then with the whole dating scandal between her and Sue during the elections and turned comes out to find that that, that that this person that she's trying to date is a jackass and is abusive and now she's got to get out of that so I mean, they're obviously trying to subvert expectations by making her this big, bulky woman and having her still be abused. And I think that they drove the point home for her arc this season. So I'm I'm glad. Yes. Um, and I mean, I guess Puck would be the other person along the lines of Quinn that we would kind of have to wrap up here after three seasons. Uh, we're really not going to follow his journey as much as many other characters, despite the fact that he will still be around a bit. Um, so Puck through three seasons, you know, the football player who didn't take much convincing to get him on the glee club. He was a bully at, a t- at times, throwing people into dumpsters, ends up getting thrown into the dumpster on his own, uh, or, you know, himself uh, towards the end of this. So you see that he is, uh, you know, not not exactly happy with that, but he's fine with it because the Glee Club and all the friendships he made in there and the people there end up meaning a lot more to him than anything else. So um, I don't know that there's a whole lot like of like I think the most depth we get with Puck is through the Quinn and the Beth storyline. So once that's all mm-hmm. kind of done, I think you said this that like it just seems like they you know ran out of things to do with him. So he is a character they're gonna just kind of say goodbye to. Yeah, he's uh, kind of up and out of there um, until season six. He has a few things as it relates to his younger brother in season four. But other than that, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of down for the count. Yeah, so goodbye to Puck. Um, let's let's um, uh, I'll tell you the names of the people who are in the one and zero slushy. Sl- why do I keep saying slushy? A star section. And if anybody uh, f- is somebody you want to talk about, then feel free. Uh, we have a lot of names in the one star section. Sue. Uh, we already talked about Finn, Bert Hummel, Mike Chang, Harmony, Sebastian, Karofsky, Joe Hart, and Roz Washington. Most of these are stars that you gave out, I would say, uh, as you mm-hmm. gave out to the people who stopped by in you know, their debut episodes. That's your thing. So anybody in there you really want to talk about? Uh, I mean, just another shout out to all of the, uh, the guest stars this season. You got Unique, you got uh, Harmony, you got Joe in there again. Sebastian, um, Sebastian, they, and I Roz, think, sorry, Roz and Roz, in a lot of ways, I think that they are the lifeblood of season three, um, in, in unequal ways, but I mean, they, they sort of, they give us something to chew on aside from the usual meal, if that makes sense. Like, and I think that that's sort of like what Glee does best is like sprinkle in some really cool characters here and there just to help us uh, understand the main characters in a different light i mean we got it we got it with um with april rose in season one we got it with holly holiday in season two but season three i think we really get much more and so shout out to all of them that were around um even uh Ricky Martin and uh, what was, what's his name in the show? David Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get a gold star, but he was around. So that was that was fun. Um, my, my, my main takeaway from this section is Sue being down here with just one gold star. Uh, that's pretty low for her uh, overall. But I mean, she was she was kind of nice 
I guess this season she was working with the Glee Club. She had uh, the pregnancy storyline, which is still not you know wrapped up. She won't reveal who the father of her unborn child is. So you know things went in a bit of a strange direction for her. Uh, unusual from what we had seen of her. She wasn't being terrible the entire way through. Uh, but again, she's another character who we'll have plenty more time with as the series goes on. She's there the entire way, so uh, we'll still see a lot more fun moments from her. But like she's kind of along the same lines of like Brittany uh, not being super involved it's like they focus less on these fun characters I guess if you call Sue a fun character I think she is um, and you know more in the seniors so Sue is off on the sidelines a little bit uh, also we had zero gold stars on Sam Evans who uh, makes his return in like episode eight for sectionals and then he kind of just hangs around with Mercedes for the rest of the season so not much there but uh, Sam is you know left off the board this season no surprises I mean, just how, like, Britney's left off the board. I mean, I feel like Sam is in the same way, and season four is both Sam and Britney-centric. So the gut was coming right. to them. Yep, and um, I, I think we can close out the characters here, but I also just want to, of course, shout out to Karofsky, who has a very big episode and, uh, you know, one gold star that you gave him for that episode. So he's not around a whole lot going forward, but Karofsky, uh, we're kind of wrapping up the storyline with him. I mean, he was... Mainly, obviously, like an antagonist to Kurt throughout Kurt's early time. But now that Kurt's not being bullied anymore and he's, you know, thriving on his own, we don't need the bully to be there. And the bully turned into the potential lover, which did not end up going well. And we got a very big, impactful storyline with him with, uh, you know, the cough syrup, of course, of it all. So um, that was that. And glad he at least got one star. Yeah. Oh, Karofsky. They really... Uh, I hate that I'm... That I... Like like him a bit now because he was so horrible but like but sebastian was so mean to him and then sebastian you feel like that so him. mean to him and like he really started to like started to have like a bit of a, a soft spot for kurt and like he spent the whole day dressed up as a gorilla giving him candies and and hearts and flowers and kurt turns him down he's like i hope you like the candies and i'm like oh <laughs> poor guy well, what are you going to do? Uh, he is not, he's not the love of Kurt's life. You can't just, you know, just start loving Karofsky just because he comes by and wants to uh, be your boyfriend. I know, I know. Whatever. He doesn't deserve Kurt's love. He doesn't, but like I, I felt for him. And I, I really promise we'll move on soon, but I just uh, figured since I already gave everybody the top four of uh, the gold stars through three seasons, I would also go through a couple more, not everybody, but uh, after Santana in fourth place, we have a tie with eight gold stars each. We have Mercedes and Sue. After that, we have a couple characters with six gold stars each. We have Emma, Finn, and Brittany. With five gold stars, we have Blaine, Tina Cohen Chang, Coach Beast, and Burt Hummel. Uh, with four gold stars, we have Artie, Puck, and Sam Evans. And then, you know, going down the list with three, two, and one gold stars are a couple of the minor characters, guest characters, Will Schuster's down there somewhere. And uh, yeah, so that's just where we stand through three seasons. If anybody wants a visual of it, uh, you know, feel free to remind me and maybe I'll tweet something out with this. But I don't think that many people care. I just like to go through it all. Um, so let's talk about the episodes a little bit and our slushy ratings. Does that sound good to you? Sure. Okay. Do you feel like, uh, have you looked at the document since yesterday? Probably not. Um, I have not to see this number. So what do you think? Uh, do you think that you between you and myself, do you think 
our individual average ratings went up or down since season two? Do you think we enjoyed the season more, better, around the same? I think we enjoyed this probably slightly better. Slightly better. Um, that's a pretty accurate way to put it because, uh, especially for you, you enjoyed last season with an average rating of 0.9 slushies. That was uh, through 22 episodes. And this season, your average was 0.86 slushies. So ever so slightly more enjoyed, uh, closer to that zero slushy mark for you. So that's that, I'm sure that doesn't surprise you. No, not at all. I mean, I... I mean, I, we we raved about season two a lot, like during season one. So a lot of people might be like, "Wow, that's kind of interesting," because you guys seem to really like season two. And one of my favorite episodes in the entire series in season two. So I understand why it might be a little counterintuitive, but season three is just really strong for a lot of characters, and there's just so much more weight attached to this season, considering it's the last one with all of the new directions together. And yeah, I just for all the things that we've been talking about in terms of these characters for the past hour or so, I feel like it's season three is just a touch better than season two for me. Just a touch. Yeah. Um, you gave out in season one, you gave out two zero slushy episodes. Uh, you gave out five in season two. And this season you had six uh, zero slushy perfect episodes for you. Uh, I had in season one, I had only one zero slushy perfect episode. Last season, I had four. And this season, I tied with you. I also had six. My average for this season was definitely also down uh, a little bit even more significantly. My average for season two uh, slushy ratings was a one out of five slushy. And this season was 0.9 out of five slushy. So I definitely uh, wasn't sure how it was going to go as like the early part of the season. I was giving out a couple of, uh, I guess, higher ratings uh the 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 highest you gave this season was a 2.5 the highest i gave was a three on the christmas episode shocker um but other than that we were really with a lot of zeros a lot of 0.5s and i know there are some people out there uh who probably think that our scale is a little like uh you know we we give out way too low um i don't know you guys are always free to tell us uh we know what you would give the episode it's just we're going all the way through it watching the episodes if you're watching if you're not watching the episodes with us along then like um i don't know how you know you're saying that we're going too low but um there's you know a lot of these were good and as you're going through it and just connecting with the emotion on like a day-to-day basis it just a lot of these just turn out to be really good it's like how could they have done this better i don't think they could have and that's why we give out so many zeros so that's that and uh, i can also tell you the episodes that we enjoyed the most from this season Uh, We had the same amount as last season. We had three episodes that we both gave zero slushies for. Those were, do you know what the, uh, do you remember what those were? Or what some of those were? Uh, Putting you on the spot here. Nationals was one. Um, Some tributes. Oh, Whitney and Michael. Yes, we had three of those episodes that got zero combined slushies, and uh, that was Michael, Dance with Somebody, and Nationals that all uh, both of us agreed and gave zero slushies to. So those are going to be our top tier. So far for the series, we have seven episodes that uh, have gotten a combined zero slushy rating. So uh, and that's going to add those three on to theatricality, 
uh, Britney slash Britney, Grilled Cheeses, and Silly Love Songs as our top tier of Glee episodes. But um, underneath those three for the season, we have episode six, Mash Off, episode 19, Promisaurus, uh, episode 20, Props, as half slushy combined between the two of us. And then we have the season premiere, Purple Piano Project, and Asian F, episode number three that had one slushy. And then down towards the bottom of the list, the episodes that we did not enjoy the most. Uh, the worst episode of the season for us was the Christmas episode, which got a combined five slushies. Uh, right above that was I Kissed a Girl, episode seven, which had a combined four slushies. And then uh, two episodes got a combined three slushies, being episode four, Pot of Gold, and episode 16, Saturday Night Gleaver. Saturday Night Gleaver. Interesting. Squeezed itself in there. Yeah. So uh, probably no surprises on that. I think the episodes that we enjoyed, uh, we enjoyed a lot, and uh, those were pretty memorable. And then, you know, some of the christmas episodes and whatever else i kissed a girl we had uh you know kirsten and akiva came on for that one and a lot of criticism uh, all around for the uh for the episode not for the podcast for the episode so not yeah. really many surprises there yeah i feel like we were pretty vocal about what we uh were feeling this time around Yes, and uh, some great guests along the way, of course. Uh, this season, we had Kirsten, we had Akiva, we had Mary, Adam, Mike, uh, Matt Gagan, and, of course, Corey, who just joined us uh, for the finale episode, Corey Cool. So that was fun. I'm sure we'll have a lot more guest, uh, guest spots coming up. But uh, what else? Anything else before we get into our favorite songs? No, just a quick shout-out once again to all the guests that we've had. Some repeats. Um, which I'm sure we'll get some three-peats <laughs> in the upcoming season. So I'm excited to keep going. Yes. So this is going to be the part of the episode where uh, you are going to listen to us rank off our favorite songs of the season. We'll do it individually. We have our top tens. And as Aman, I'm sure, expects that I have some honorable mentions as well, which he does not care about. But I do them anyway. Um, feel free. And actually, wait, before we get into our favorite songs, I have a question for you. Would you, uh, you t- and maybe you'll want to hear what my propose proposal is first. Would you care if I changed one of my favorite songs? Not that it matters to anybody, but there's the one that's been sticking in my craw for all season long. Uh, the Spanish teacher, I think, was the episode, and I gave it to Sexy and I Know It. And looking back, I was like, how did I not give it to La Isla Bonita? Like, that was so much better. And I want to change that. I mean, sure. You can, you, can, you can change it. It's not a big deal, right? That's fine. I get nervous when I uh, have to ask you a question like that. I'm like, he's going to hate it. No, you're fine. You can, you can, uh, things change. Like this rewatch has changed a lot of the, these songs for me as well. So that's fine. Yeah. Like I felt, I felt like the day after I was like, how did I not give it to Santana and Ricky Martin? Like, come on. Uh, sexy. And I know it was just so much fun that I was, I, I remember like enjoying it, watching it. But then I was like, I listened back to uh, the other one and I was like, oh man, that one's so good. Uh, so it doesn't make my top 20 uh, or top 10, of course, but uh, I, I felt bad about not having it on there. Um, you want to kick us off here? Uh, our favorite songs. I know you've been struggling with it. You were uh, not even locked in when we got started on this podcast. I'm all set to go. I have them all whittled down. Yeah. All right. Okay. And what is your what is your list looking like before you get into the details? Do we have the usual kind of uh, like solos? Is it some group numbers mixed in? Mostly this, mostly that. A little bit of everything. Um, it's a little bit of everything. Some solos, some duets. 
some trios. My list had a lot of Rachel, and I did not... That's that's new for me. I don't think my list has any Rachel. Wow. That's not true. It has one. My list has a lot of Rachel, but... It has two, actually. It has, it has two. Um, okay. okay. Number 10. I raved about this when we talked about it. Um, and I also... Uh, hinted at it earlier during the episode I'm going to give it to ABC I think that ABC along with the rest of the Michael Jackson set that the New Directions did for sectionals is some of the best work that they've ever done it also has the pleasure of being sang by Tina Um, I think she just sounds so good on this song it's the perfect song for her voice I'm willing to bet that she was a big reason as to why they won that sectional. So screw you, Rachel. Um, it was just so fun and so fresh and so lovely. And considering what happens during the song when Mike Chang's dad comes in and the two of them, Mike and Tina, see him come in and that's what like rejuvenates the, the rest of them for the rest of the performance. It's just something that I always think about. So yeah, number 10 has got to be ABC. Number nine, anything goes Anything you can do. Ms. Harmony is making her way onto the top 10 songs of Glee. I can't stop raving about this mashup. Two magnificent Broadway standards mashed up in a way that I would never have even seen before Glee had the balls to do it. And it sounds amazing. Harmony sounds amazing. And I like that it's a kick in the fucking stomach to Rachel and Kurt. It's like one of the the main impetuses throughout this season that gets them on track to really like getting their shit together for Niata. So Harmony kills it. I mean, for her to come off the Glee projects and to have to go right into this number, this is a lot of work because it's not like they were just she was just having to sing. Like there was some some straight up tap in this in this number, okay? And she bodies it. So shout out to Harmony. Uh, anything anything goes. Anything you can do is just it's one of the songs that I have on repeat whenever i'm watching season three so yeah number eight out here on my own okay this is a song that i sort of like glossed over watching season three for the first time but there was a certain power in it this time around that i really enjoyed um i don't know if it has more to do with mercedes coming into her own or if it has more to do with rachel being like fuck she was better than me I think it's a combination of both. I like the fact that Rachel knows that she did not do as well in the song as Mercedes did. I like the fact that Mercedes comes onto the stage and is like, this part is mine. Give it to me. Because Rachel does this shit all the time. I'm just as talented, if not talent, more talented than her. So give this role to me. It was such a, it's a, such a powerful number. And the way that it's shot. I love the, fa- I love the sweeping pan as they go behind the heads of the audience members. And it switches back, fr- back and forth from Rachel to Mercedes and then back to Rachel. It's a really, really good number and they both sound fantastic on it. So it's a it's a bit of an unorthodox choice, but it's one of the songs that I rediscovered and I felt like it deserved a spot. Number seven, Never Can Say Goodbye. Quinn's one and only solo in the entire season. And I think it's like her last solo ever. I don't think she has another solo. I think every time that she comes back, it's she's singing with somebody else. I love this song. She looks so gorgeous in that in that black sequined dress. She sounds so good. And it seems like she's happy here. You know what I mean? She's like, bitch, like, 
I've I've loved Sam. I've loved Finn. I've loved Puck. But I'm trying to go to Yale. I'm so done with this shit. I'm so fucking done with McKinley. I'm so fucking done with Ryan Murphy. Bye. Like, I, I just... <laughs> I love this. I love this number. And I have to give some love to Quinn on her final season. Well, not her final season, but her final season in a, lo- in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Shake it out at number six. Fucking Santana... Tina and Mercedes, the trio I never knew that I needed. I'm still kind of pissed that Sugar and Brittany are sort of just sitting there watching this happen, but whatever. The song itself, beautifully done. I don't like watching the episode version because they cut out so many good bits in this song. They each just add such a beautiful layer to it, Um, and it's one of those arrangements that Glee sort of like shakes up. So yeah, this is a, this is a, this is. I always think about season three when I when I think like it just reminds me so much of the the summer after my senior year of high school, two thousand twelve, because I just listened to Glee so much before I started uh, college, and this was one of the songs that I always had on repeat. So it's got a lot of sentimental value to it, but it's also just a fantastic arrangement of this song. Number five might be also a bit of a surprise. Tongue tied. Now, I love this song. It was my fi- it's my last favorite song of season 3. I just love every well not my last favorite song of season 3, but one of my last of season 3. I just love this whole thing. I love when they come back and everybody cheers for them and they have the slushies with the uh confetti in them and Rachel gets asked for her autograph and 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 Finchler kissing and Britannia are kissing and they're drinking the sparkling cider and just it's such a fun time and it's also one of my favorite songs of all time i love tongue tied so much i love the featured voices being santana rachel Artie, and finn i just think it's so it's a nice button on the end of their national championship win it's just it just it's i mean it's it's a song that culminates all the struggles that they've been through you know what i mean and just the power of all of their friendship so number five is tongue tied right in the middle number four gotta give Blaine some love because he doesn't get a lot of love this season it's not unusual love this number so high energy I love the fact that he's backed up by the Cheerios I love that Santana is plotting with the Cheerios and lighting the uh the the shit on fire in the end of this um I love that Quinn is the one to to make the final blow (laughs) with the cigarette and he just sounds so good like Darren Chris man like this was like bitch I'm I'm main cast now I'm top billing. I'm making that real Hollywood money now. Like I am here to stay. I'm gonna be a Glee staple from now on. I might not get a lot of I might not get a lot of shine in the season, but I'm here, bitch. And I, I love it. I think that he he kills it. Um number three, smooth criminal. Y'all know how much I love Michael Jackson. I had no choice to be given who my who my mom is. Uh but this rendition with the two cellos. And I got to get some Sebastian love in here, too. They just come on now. Like, this was, like, the best song in the Michael Jackson episode. They just, they they kill it. And I have two Michael Jackson epi- uh, songs in this episode. I got Never Can Say Goodbye, and I got Smooth Criminal. And I got to give it to Smooth Criminal because just the way that it's shot, like, Santana and Sebastian walking around in circles with those chairs and everything and the fact that she's recording this entire thing with that recorder on her under but i'm like yeah you should sell that shit mercedes got mercedes got uh 
famous off of that video online, Santana. You should send that recording into somebody because that was a nice recording. Come on now. And number two, how will I know? I feel like I'm giving a lot of love to these uh, reimaginations and reinterpretations of songs. Like, so Smooth Criminal, How Will I Know, Shake It Out, and In Some Ways, Anything Goes, Anything You Can Do. I feel like Glee really took some chances with their covers this time around. They were like, you know what? We, we've done some pretty cool covers of some popular songs, both new and old, but this season they were very experimental with a lot of their covers. And I think How Will I Know is great because it showcases some of the, not only some of the strongest voices of the season, but one of the more unique voices in Chris Colfer. So you got Mercedes, you got Kurt, you got Santana, you got Rachel, powerhouses, all in their own right. And they deliver in this song. So just, and you know, I mean, I can't, I can't leave season three without giving Whitney some love. And number one, no surprise to anybody. I was kind of annoyed that I had to give this to number one, but they got us here. Another reinterpretation of a song, another brilliant mashup. Rumor has it, someone like you. I'm sure that Matt is pleased with this number one choice. I'm sure that the rest of you are pleased with this number one choice. I don't necessarily like going for the obvious choice, but I think they really forced my hand here. I don't really think there was any way around it. Um, and just the emotional weight that comes with it. It's a Trouble Tones number, and Trouble Tones are like the premier Glee Club of Season 3. Fuck the New Directions. Fuck Vocal Adrenaline. Fuck the Unitards. Fuck everybody else but the Trouble Tones of Season 3. They kill it. And just... I mean, what else is there? What else is there to say about it? Y'all know this song. It's great. It's fantastic. It is what it is. It is Glee. It is just the, uh, you know, the one of the biggest songs that people think of when they think of the show. Don't Stop Believing, Teenage Dream. Uh, rumor has it someone like you. I mean, uh, that's just a lot of the common answers that come up. So yes, of course, that is also going to be high up for me as well. Um, I'll let you guys wait an extra couple minutes before telling you exactly what number. But uh, we had some crossover uh, between our two lists. Not uh, maybe like maybe even like one more song than usual. I don't know. Um, I'll see as I get into mine. But yeah, um, did you? I mean, do you want to touch on any of the songs that you cut, or are they already uh, wide off your? Your paper. Um, They're already off my paper, but I guess I can give some love to a few things here. Um, I had a really hard time letting go of Constant constant Craving because that was a song that I also rediscovered that I really became enchanted with. Um, I love Cherish, Cherish. Mercedes and Joe sounds so good on that song. And it's another song that I rediscovered. And another mashup that they they do very well. Mm -hmm. What else is I having a hard time with? I think there was another Michael Jackson number. Oh, Human Nature with Sam and Mercedes. Oh, I yeah, really I wanted to hold on to that. I really wanted to hold on to that one, but I was like, I cannot have three Michael Jackson songs in my top 10. It's just not, that. that that's just, because then it's just the Michael Jackson fan in me talking and not the Glee fan in me talking. Um, so yeah. I, had, I had to cut that one. Um, I yeah, I didn't have more. Human Nature either, but like, glad, glad you mentioned it here. There was like one more that I was like, fuck, I wish I could, oh, Another Trouble Tones number, Candyman. I had a real hard time cutting that one, too, because that was the first Trouble Tones number that we see. So it was like, damn, like they are coming in hot, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's another song that I, that I listened to Candyman. a bunch. Uh, so, yeah, those were, those were some tough ones to let go of. 
Yeah, season three has so much good song, so many good songs, and a lot of the songs towards the top of my list are also going to be towards the top of my list of like my Glee overall season ranking. So, um, tells you a lot about how great this season was with the music. So, um, I will get into mine now, and of course, I will start with my ten honorable mentions, same as last time. Um, stop rolling your eyes to the five people that probably are, maybe more. Uh, in 20th place, I'm just going to briefly mention these. Uh, 20th place is uh, Cry, Rachel Berry. Uh, I have a lot of Rachel covers on here, a lot of Rachel solos. She just, a lot of them resonated with me. Number 19, We Are Young from episode 8, when everybody came back together. That was a lot, uh, really good. Uptown Girl at number 18. Uh, the Warblers got to show them some love, and Uptown Girl was one of my favorite song covers uh, back in the day when the show first came out. Number 17, My Love Is Your Love. That was a great moment. One of them that Amon was talking about as being like, you know, almost better than the season finale, if not definitely better. Uh, that one was really good. And I rewatched it today and I was confirming with myself that, yes, I love this a lot. Uh, 17, Stronger, What Doesn't Kill You, uh, Trouble Tones number in there, really good. Number 15, Tongue Tied. So I'll match them on with the love for Tongue Tied. Uh, I really, really, really enjoy it. Number 14, It's Not Right, But It's Okay. Blaine with the uh, Blaine with that one, uh, and then also followed by number thirteen being Fighter. I just love both of those songs from Blaine. Um, they're really good, really really good. Uh, number twelve uh, and eleven are both Rachel covers. We have number twelve without you, and then at number eleven, here's to us. Uh, which is, of course, from regionals that she knocked out of the park. So um, a lot of good stuff in there. Before I even get to my top ten, coming in at number ten. I have from our season finale, it is Roots Before Branches with Rachel Berry. Also, you know, a little bit of Finn in there, but this is just closing out the season. And as much as we, you know, come down a little bit on it being the Rachel and Finn story, it is. And uh, Roots Before Branches is one that I have kind of rediscovered since doing rewatches of this show that I'm like, man, this is really good. So Roots Before Branches are going to start off, start us off at the top 10. Number nine, it's all coming back to me now. Um, Rachel again uh, in here with the Nationals performance that pretty much gets her into Niata. I mean, it's this and the other numbers that they do, but like this one, it's all coming back to me now is just so, so powerful. And how can you not let Rachel Berry into your school when she just shows you she can do that? Like, it's amazing. Number eight is also on Amon's list. How will I know? Uh, from, of course, the Whitney episode that uh, everything Amon said about that number with, you know, Mercedes, Santana, Rachel, and Kurt, all four of them get highlighted in such a great way. It starts off the episode. It's like not, they don't miss a beat. They just go straight into that episode to start things off. And I loved it. And I uh, also, that's another song that I did not or have not shown enough love uh, to throughout the years, but it's back. It's with me now and I'm not letting it go. So uh, that's number eight. Number seven is going to be Survivor slash I Will Survive from Sectionals. The Trouble Tones uh, get their performance in there. The Trouble Tones do not win at that sec sectionals. Of course, they're going to Yeah, I to had to cut that one, too. That was another tough one. But I already had a Trouble Tones number in there, so I was like, fuck it. <laughs> right. Right. 
Yeah, so the Trouble Tones, um, they they make their mark on that sectionals, and they do such a good job. And uh, a lot of people still, you know, feeling like the Trouble Tones should have been the winners there, but it made more sense for the, them to rejoin the New Directions than the New Directions to all go join the Trouble Tones. So Survivor, I will survive. Uh, so much fun there with uh, Mercedes, Santana, and Brittany, and Sugar. Uh, number six is the exact same number six that you had. Shake it out. Shake It Out is so good. Again, the same, oh, same wow. voices. Uh, Mercedes and Santana and Tina also getting a chance to shine there. So Shake It Out is just like there. Like I could be in any mood and you could play that song in the car. Like even if I'm in like if I'm in a happy mood, I could play that. If I'm feeling sad, maybe it'll fit just as well. Like it's just it. it's always good to go back to that one. And I agree with you that the like the longer version that's not, you know, being cut away during the episode is so much better. So, um, you know, if you're not familiar with it, please go check it out. It's so good uh, with their their voices there, singing to Coach Beast with all that emotion. Number five, top five, uh, somebody that I used to know, Blaine and Cooper, not Cooter. Blaine and Cooper at number five with somebody that I used to know. Again, I said this during that episode, it used to be one of my absolute favorites i think it was just around the time that that song was obviously like taking off and when they did it on glee and just the like the dramatic as hell like passion that blaine puts into his performances that darren chris you know exudes and then matt bomber came in and matched uh bomber 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 uh came in and matched it and it was just this like duel that the two of them had going on stage and it was the the big brother episode where they were just at each other's throats and eventually you know came together at the end but that one is so much fun to me and i i will always love uh somebody that i used to know number four i just raved about it a couple episodes ago paradise by the dashboard light it's top tier glee songs finn's best soul uh finn's best song by far rachel everybody is having such a great time in that number and it is going to also contribute to their win at nationals paradise by the dashboard light so good uh with the new directions cover there number three smooth criminal also i think you're number three right yeah, yeah i think so um, so we'll match yep. on that one. Smooth Criminal is a very well appreciated song by Glee fans all throughout, uh, all of the spaces that I've seen Glee fans interacting online and wherever. So Smooth Criminal, uh, of course, getting a lot of love and attention from both of us makes sense. Uh, Santana and Sebastian kill it on that one with the cellos. Uh, number two is your number one um but i think everybody if you probably remember what my number one is or i'll remind you in a second uh number two is rumor has it someone like you uh what else can you say about it like amon said it's just you know it is what it is and it, it kind of annoys me too to have to put it up there because you want to like highlight some other songs that you want to get to but you gotta you gotta give respect to the rumor has it someone like you mash up and it's not like i don't want to it's just like everybody knows how good that is so it's like it takes it kind of feels like it's taking up a spot Whatever, uh, but that's that's my number two, and of course, number one goes to Blaine. Cough syrup. My number one Glee song of all time is, of course, my number one of this season. Um, not even on a mon's list, but my feelings aren't that hurt. Uh, Cough syrup is just the most powerful, emotional, intense, like song music video, if you would call it that, of Glee to me of all time. As you have the uh, Blaine performing that on the stage, you know, kind of to Kurt, uh, well, with Kurt there watching him. And of course, in the background is the 
one of the biggest storylines they do this season, uh, single episode arcs of Karofsky just getting to that place where he was just ready to say goodbye. And, uh, you know, he goes to his room to potentially, you know, what was going on there. And uh, he obviously luckily does not succeed with that. He ends up being somewhat okay. And uh, the entire time that that's all happening, we see Blaine performing cough syrup and just... I can't say enough good things about it. So, and I never will be able to say enough good things about it. So, me talking about it for the next five minutes and boring you with my praise for it uh, probably doesn't do any of us any good. But that is my number one, and there's my top songs. Okay, well, I mean, I feel like this is a, this is a pretty solid list. Season three, and I think in a lot of ways, there was just no getting around a few of these songs because they were they made such moments out of a lot of them. Rumor has it, someone like you was a moment. How will I know? was a moment, Smooth Criminal was a moment, Cough Syrup was a moment, Shake It Out was a moment. They all sort of stand out. Um, so there really was, there's really no hiding for season three, you know what I mean? You can kind of make, make cases for other songs here and there, and I and I really tried my damnedest. Like, I really did not want to let go of a few of those Trouble Tones numbers. I did not want to let go of Cherish Cherish. I did not want to let go of... Uh, a lot, a lot of these damn numbers, but you just couldn't replace them with. You, some of these just can't be replaced in terms of, at least for my top. Yeah. Thing, you just had to, you had to get them on there. It's a lot of. Now that I'm looking at my list, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of. It's very Santana and Mercedes centric. Oh yeah, me, that's, that goes without saying. Uh, season three is all them, and I mean, even for me though, like I had so much more Rachel there than I expected. So I don't know if that's going to hold up for the rest of the season. Uh, a lot of Rachel, but she surprisingly like there was a decent amount of solos in here from her, and I enjoyed them all. I even had one on there that I ended up cutting with uh, "I Won't Give Up," but um, it's just. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of good music here. And I think we are, you know, it's pretty clear to anybody listening at this point, like, uh, what both of our tastes tend to be like. Um, so I feel like overall, like, I think it's fair to say that you're not like the biggest fan of Blaine, uh, his, as like, he's not your number one, I guess I should say, or like not even really top three, uh, favorite vocalists on the show when he's probably my number two. No, I like Blaine. Um, he's probably not my favorite. No, like I wouldn't say he's my favorite. I think I like him more than the others, but. Whenever he's singing, I'm like, oh, that's great. Like I'm like, I'm never like on the edge of my seat for a Blaine performance, no. Yeah, I, like aside from character themselves, characters themselves, like vocally speaking, at this point, I guess th- three seasons in, um, I would say that my top three vocal favorites are Santana, followed by Blaine, followed by probably Mercedes. Um, followed by Puck. I think that's fair. Um, Followed by Rachel. (laughs) Mm. Followed by Quinn. I'm going to keep going unless you start going. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to say now because there's still vocalists that we haven't met yet. And I'm trying to think, did any of them move me? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always been a a big Rachel fan. Yeah, through through three seasons. I mean, yeah, I don't... uh, it's hard for me to rank them because they're good for different songs. You know what I mean? But they're all up there swirling. Like I, I like Rachel and Mercedes and Santana and Blaine and some puck in there too. And even a little bit of Britney in there. Like I, I fucks with Britney's voice. So one question that I wanted to revisit 
was now that we are at the end of three seasons of the show, and I don't know, we've kind of talked about throughout this episode, just, you know, wrapping up the plot lines, I guess, from the first three seasons. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to revisit a question that we answered in our preview podcast on season uh, before we even started season one of who our top characters were and you know obviously we've talked a million times about me and Santana and you and Rachel um but like let's just focus on these three seasons and I because I wouldn't be surprised if Rachel is not in your top three but I mean you tell me who through three seasons would you say I'll let you think about it while I answer it um, would be your top three characters I feel like I'm still gonna stick with Santana as my number one through three seasons um, I don't think I said Quinn during that podcast um, probably because of the fact that she kind of falls out throughout the series um, but she's gonna be through three seasons it's number one Santana number two Quinn and I'll probably give it to Brittany, number three, which is, you know, uh, the unholy trinity being my top three. I didn't plan it that way, but it worked out perfectly for me. So um, Quinn definitely does uh, deserve some love from from that end. So um, what, what would you say revisiting your top three just through this time? Um, I think Brittany is up there now just because I... I'm a fan of um, just how emotionally intelligent she is. I'm a fan of all of her numbers. Um, and I'm invested in like her progression as a character. One of the best things that I've seen from her is when she decides to stick to her guns and not allow Artie to take her to the prom in season two. I just loved that moment. Um, so she, I mean, she's always kind of been up there, but even more so. It's, it's even more pronounced with this rewatch. So she's up there. Um, yeah, I've definitely been disillusioned in terms of Rachel for the first three seasons. I think I've got to go with Sue as well because she just is so entertaining. Not everything that she's done ages well, um, but Jane Lynch's portrayal of the character. I mean, it's, it's always a treat whenever she's on screen because you just know whatever the fuck is going to come out of her mouth. It's going to be some crazy ass shit. And there are so many lines of hers that swirl around in my head at all times. So she's, she's up there. I feel like she deserves more love than I've given her in the past. And so was that, uh, Brittany taking the third spot, Sue in second? No, I don't really have a, Cause I, it's I don't know I, I this rewatch That's the assignment, yeah. But I, you know what? I'm being like you right now though because I don't really have a favorite anymore. I got, it's hard for me to choose another favorite because my favorite for so long has been Rachel, and right now she's not my favorite anymore. So it's sort of like open season. Like I don't mm-hmm. I've never really had a second favorite. It's always been I've had one. You know and that's it. And now that she's gone, it's like a void that's open. <laughs> Well, do you, um, do you honestly, like, genuinely, do you think that if not for, like, the Leah Michelle stuff that Rachel would still be your number one? Is it really, like... No. I mean, gotten... that certainly didn't help, but I was becoming annoyed with her before the Rachel, the, the, the Leah Michelle shit, shit happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's tough. I don't know. I, uh... I feel like deep down your Rachel love is still there and still like I, I like I hope that you don't come away from this feeling like, you know, I, I thought I loved Rachel and I actually don't like her um, because I feel like the like deep down, like her core of I mean, who she really is. And shitty. She, she's a really shitty person for most of this series. She really is. There's no, and there's like no way getting around it. 
Um, and like I said, season four, we're not we're not there yet. So I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But for right now, Rachel's not a very nice person. She just isn't. Yeah. She has her moments. She does. And like I said, the, the, the thing the, the thing that draws me the most to Rachel's character is the ambition. That is the thing that I relate to the most in how we had similar interests in all of that. That I've always ha- held that dear. Um, so when I see her going for that, I'm so team Rachel all the way. But everything else besides that, I'm like, girl, I would not be friends with you in real life. I just wouldn't be at all. You're the same type of girl that I avoid when it comes to, you know, like uh, whether it be like in high school for theater, or even in college, because there are a lot of competitive bitches everywhere. And I just don't vibe with that kind of behavior. It's it's very unbecoming. So and yes, a lot of that is colored with the fact that it's true to who Leah Michelle is or was back in those times. So it's just like, mm, no, I can't fuck with that anymore. So I guess if I'm going to have to give a top three, Sue's in there, Brittany's in there, and Kurt's in there too. For now. For now. Sorry, Santana. At least I love you, Santana. I love Santana too. I do. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll reassess after, uh, you know, maybe season four as well, because it's not like a completely separate, like from season five and six, uh, but I don't know. We'll check. We'll, we'll figure out what feels right and maybe check in with this question again. But I thought it would be worth it to kind of revisit as we are closing the book on this first era. Um, and yeah, so that, you know, that makes sense to me for both of us. I think both of our answers line up with a lot of what we talk about here. So yeah. Um, what else? Uh, just any closing thoughts here as we close out season three and this first part of the show. Um, I, I I'm, do feel like I'm, I'm beating it to death at this point, but any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, it was just, it was a fun season. It was an eye-opening season. I, uh, I uh, have found a lot of new th- moments and songs that I'll probably revisit more often now that I've done this rewatch. And... I hope that everybody has had a good time so far listening to us talk about this. Yes, I absolutely hope the same. Uh, We have had a great time recording and it's been getting us through these crazy times in the year 2020. And uh, as things, you know, kind of started to look like they were going in the right direction and then you kind of get hit with reality and it was like, you know what? No, it's, you know, we still have a, a road ahead of us here. So as we continue on that road in the real world, we hope that this is continuing to be a fun distraction, uh, something that just brings a smile to your face as you binge through all of these episodes. So we do hope you have been enjoying. We do appreciate all of the feedback that you have been giving uh, all throughout on, uh, you know, on social media, through emails and whatnot. We uh, always appreciate when you guys drop by with anything you have to say. We do have some other special episodes coming up. Um, Glee Project Season 2 will be hitting your feeds sometime soon. Uh, Not exactly uh, as all the season three episodes are coming out now, but uh, soon enough. And then also another special episode that is on the way. And we're very excited for that one as well. So lots of good stuff coming up and that's all I got for us for today. Alrighty then follow us at choir room pod on Twitter. You can follow us individually. I'm Adam on Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. Make sure that you're leaving us star ratings and reviews or any questions that you may have. Um, we'll be the of the show. All right. Well, until season four, we'll see you guys. <laughs> Bye, guys.